Before we get into this week's show, I want to give you the three challenges for the month of June. Please know that these are not sponsors, but just friends that we support, so helping them helps us. The first challenge is to go watch Dead Drift on Amazon Prime. You don't need to be an Amazon Prime member to watch Dead Drift, so please go watch it, then come back and post in the comments what you think. Our second challenge for the month of June is to go try Glenn Morangi Quinta Raban 12 year and let us know what you think. If you are in Western Washington, it is available at Louis G's in Fife. So go take a few sips, then post in the comments what you think. We want to hear from you on this. The third and final challenge for the month of June is to go to thewhiskeypeople.com for all your whiskey education needs. No matter if you want to be a server at a restaurant that knows what they're talking about, a bartender extraordinaire, an entrepreneur starting your own distillery, or just a whiskey snob that needs to know more, this is the place to get your education and become a true whiskey nerd. Now, on with the show. Another episode of Nerds Drink Whiskey. We are here at Louis G's in Fife. Uh, we, uh, in previous weeks, we tried the uh, Old Polney 12 as well as the Glen Morangi 12, uh, and we highly recommend you come by Louis G's. Uh, give those a try and post in the comments what you think of them. Uh, this week, uh, Tracy picked out a whiskey uh, from their bar, uh, Woodford, Woodford Reserve, and the whole point of this, we reviewed uh, this before. But this time what we're doing is, one thing I've never been able to wrap my head around, uh, and I, I still honestly, maybe he can convince me otherwise, but I think the tasting notes is at least 50% BS. Uh, I think it's uh, basically uh, uh, distillers trying to sell it and whiskey snobs uh, trying to make people think that they know more than they really do. Uh, so he's going to try and convince me otherwise, and uh, he's going to try and show us how to, how to really look for and find those whiskey notes. So, uh, Tracy, what, uh, if we were to name this episode, uh, would you call it uh, learning about tasting notes? I call it the language of whiskey. The language of whiskey. Okay, so that's the name of this episode, the language of whiskey. And uh, we're, we're letting you have as much control as, as, as you possibly want. Okay. Uh, what, we have Woodford people. Reserve here, all okay. right? Uh, most of your viewers understand what Woodford Reserve is, and if they don't, they should go out and find a, at least an airplane-sized bottle and give it a try. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a smooth bourbon. Okay. I'm not going to say anything more about that, other than you know, we're going to use your words and define what and how those rock. First thing about the language of whiskey is, is to use words that you know. Right. If you have had candy corn at Halloween, that's a good word. Okay. You've had apples. If you've had um, turpentine in your nose, if you've had different odors that you can recall, I mean, those are all valid words. We're also going to try to say that the distillers and the snob community tends to use uh, words that maybe you don't know, maybe to provoke your curiosity, right? And then you're stuck wondering what was that because you never had stone fruit or what was that berry? Snodgeberry. Snodgeberry. Right. So 
I tend to tell people that you need to open your mind and refresh it. If you're a, a food person, okay, then you understand what lemon peel or orange rind is, and you understand that's a citrus thing, but citrus in itself isn't just a good descriptor. Lean toward lime, lemon, orange. Be more specific as you can. When I say sweet, well, that can be caramel, it could be honey, it could be toffee, it could be brown sugar, it could be molasses. Those are, that's a huge spectrum of sweet, so be more specific. But we've had and know what those all taste like, right? Mm -hmm. So in each of these zones, okay, there's variations, all right? And I tend to use a zone as something familiar. There, there are tasting wheels, okay? And they try to say, hey, this is going to taste like cereal. Well, are we talking Lucky Charms or are we talking oatmeal, you know? I mean, so again, being specific to the real world that we come from, right? And uh, that most of us all come from. Now, when we taste whiskey, sometimes we're missing half of the experience. We're missing it for a couple of reasons. The wine culture uh, generally came before the whiskey culture. And many people tend to try to sniff their whiskey before they drink it. Something is very different about whiskey. Whiskey is a high spirit. That means it's very volatile and it can numb your ability to taste because it numbs your ability to smell, okay? When you have something that's that volatile, you're anesthetizing what's called your olfactory cord, okay? Which is, you know, the bundle of nerves at the back of your nose that tells you what smells good. We only taste seven things, okay? Bitter, sweet, salt, okay? When we say sweet, Remember those, those varieties I just mentioned? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not our tongue that tells us whether it's molasses or caramel. That's our nose. Hmm. Okay? One of the distiller's tricks that's really fun, just to demonstrate the point, is if you hold your nose and taste a whiskey, right? You're not going to taste but a few things. We're going to actually do that. Okay? And then we're going to do it a different method. So what I want you to do right now is to hold your nose and just taste the whiskey, and then we'll use what words we can. All right, hold your nose. Okay. All right. Now, by the way, this is no common on wood for bruiser. Taste. Okay, you let go. Did you notice that you didn't taste anything until you opened your nose? Yep. And then, you some uh, spiciness, maybe? Oh, I'm not going to use the words yet because okay. we've really got a better method. I actually did taste a little, little bit of wine, and I know some words you don't want to use, but it, it did taste, I did taste at least the, the, the sweetness. Absolutely. The sweetness is there. Again, that's the general area. But you know, when you talk about the banana almond on the back of this thing, you're not going to get that while you're holding it up. No. Now, if you sniffed your whiskey and then drank it, you're, you're subjecting yourself to half of that experience, okay? <laughs> now, one of the things about whiskey is that it's best experienced at body temperature, okay? I'm not interested in holding a shot between my legs for a half an hour before I drink it. So, there's got to be a shortcut. The other thing that you'd learn from scotch is sometimes an eyedropper will loosen it up with water, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't carry an eyedropper around, so there's got to be a shortcut. Now, with what I just showed you involving the nose versus the mouth, I'm not going to ask you to snort the whiskey, even after you put an eyedropper of water in it and held it between your legs for 30 minutes. That's not the tasting method. But there is a way where you can hold it in your mouth and exhale very slowly, assuming you've got enough air, 
and then fully experience the mix of vapors after it's warmed up in your mouth to 98.6 and your saliva is activated and you have water and then you exhale. Okay, so I want you to watch me and then you're going to do what I do. It's called whiskey yoga, alright? No posing. And then what you want to do is, you know, again, inhale, you're going to hold the inhale just slightly and then only as you're exhaling do you actually start sipping the whiskey. Okay, take a watch. Now you've all seen my whiskey face on the first. Now, uh, <laughs> now I noticed that you didn't do your big inhale until after you had swallowed. No, I've been swishing it around in my mouth. I'm really glad you brought that up. I had not swallowed. Yeah. I was okay. swishing it around to make sure that it really gets as much surface area in the mouth. And that way it also warms up quicker. All right. And then I inhaled. And then only as I exhaled did I start actually swallowing. Okay. And now, and when you say swish it around, uh, people have to... Uh, not like mouthwash. I was going to say, just not like mouthwash. Lightly. But, but very lightly swish it around. Yeah, very okay. lightly. And the idea... And the idea again is to uh, sit there and actually uh, take a deep breath in and then on the exhale take your shot. Yeah. Okay. And kind of in a trickle as opposed to. Yeah. Okay. Got so it. I'll watch you guys do it. Okay. okay. As I do it too. Because I don't like it. flavor did you get? A lot of flavor. Mark's had enough. So Dan, uh, being you noticed a tremendous change in flavors or an amount of flavor, give me the keywords now that you're thinking about what you've had. Tingling, uh, buttery, um, spicy. I think those are the those are the ones that come to mind immediately. Uh, maybe some uh, vapory. Uh, gosh, it's hard to try to think of the words now to to describe it. Just um, heat. Mm -hmm. Flavors flavors are more difficult, I think, for me to quantify than feelings, mm -hmm. as it were, because I noticed not necessarily a lot more flavor as much as a lot more sensation. There were a lot more things going on. Okay. Like. <clears throat> versus, you know, holding the nose. Mm -hmm. Or even just the way I'm used to drinking whiskey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was a lot more going on, and that was that was kind of cool. But definitely, I think, buttery, maybe a little spicy, and, uh, and some, some tingling. Gabe, what do you think? Honestly, um, I think pleasantly warm. Um, really spicy, I did like that. I, I like that, uh, like that kind of bite, that little bit of burn to it. That, that's always pleasant to me, especially in bourbons. And um, I'd, I'd honestly say, yeah, just a little bit fruity as well. Yeah. Just on, just on the tail end, just ever so slightly on the exhale, I could almost feel it being just a little bit fruity and nice to me. Mark, what were the flavors you tasted? Well, the initial taste uh, was uh, like a lot of whiskey. I, I quite often 
it's kind of like a, uh, a hint of pancake uh, syrup. Yeah. And uh, then the finish is, I got to say, um, the finish on this is uh, uh, kind of like a, uh, kind of like a weak mouthwash. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much all I know. Okay. And, you know, the, the words I use on the fruitiness more specifically is more of a banana almond. And that's the, mm. that comes from the rye almond. Okay. And Woodford Reserve is good about not being too corny, right? As far as the bourbon goes and balancing that off. And by corny, you mean heavy on the corn. Heavy on the corn element of the syrup. Right. Yeah. The, okay. and, and the candy corn flavor that typically follows. I mean, if you had, had a... Any H. Taylor bourbon, by contrast, that's the really corny, syrupy end of the spectrum. Speaking of which, middle. Okay. Um, but again, the Woodford Reserve is a, is a local whiskey. It runs something like fifty to sixty bucks uh, a bottle, if you know how uh, to get it. And uh, yeah. so it's my go-to as far as bourbons on an airplane. So. Okay. Um, now, uh, a couple of questions I have about tasting notes. Mm -hmm. Number one, uh, there's been many, many times where uh, wine tasters, uh, there have been some, some sommeliers uh, who have lost their careers, lost their reputation because they did a blind taste test and pretty much were found that a lot of the stuff they were talking about tasting notes and that was complete and utter BS. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is what would you say, what percentage of tasting notes that people, whether they're a sommelier, uh, an expert, uh, uh, or had some schooling kind of behind them to get their tasting notes down, uh, or just a common person trying to duplicate that, trying to copy that, uh, what percentage of that would you say are people talking out their backside? Well, it's not about people talking out their backside. I want to point out that you and I tasted this very differently. You know, we okay. tasted the Glenmorangie very differently because we're different people. Okay. Um, I'm having a different day than you are today. Uh, we have different food points of reference. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're uh, just generally genetics also. Okay, those three elements, amongst others, can really affect how a whiskey tastes. Um, I've got some very fine whiskeys I won't ever have, but one half ounce a day of, and uh, those are the ones that are fun because I come home one day, it tastes great, but differently than it did two days before, and so that's just a an issue of mood, okay? I always go back to, and I cook, uh, how I cook as to how I experience. Much of what we see expressed in concrete, common language is going to be two-thirds accurate for all of us, okay? And I'll say that's because we may be in the same mood as the master distiller when they tasted it and gave you the notes. But what's funny is that here we are, and having two episodes previous from Scotland, right? How many of you guys have ever had blood sausage? Right, and yet that's one of their food references, okay? Haggis, you're never gonna see that in the label of a scotch bottle, but you gotta understand that they have different food references. Mm -hmm. So what they think tastes good in comparison to Haggis, right? Could be a big respect on the food business, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, the language of whiskey is about the flavors we know and understanding that it comes individually as opposed to an absolute word meaning the same thing to everybody or a flavor that at the time it was tasted really is broadly accepted by everybody 
especially if they don't taste whiskey all the time. If you have a beer drinker, the flavor references are going to be very different than a wine drinker. Okay? That's another example. So it's about context. Are the labels accurate for everybody? No. Are they attempting in earnest to make them accurate with what they can? Sure, but we're not educating the consumer as to how to interpret the labels and what to expect. And that's part of what my organization is doing, is we're trying to educate the consumer of whiskey as opposed to letting uh, a distiller just use their language. We say, hey, listen, you have to know your own language. Okay. Now, uh, there's been there's been other tricks that, that you can see on different YouTube channels. Uh, even though you should never watch any whiskey podcast, but nerds drink whiskey. Um, but uh, uh, some of these other shows have have different, uh, and some of them have sommeliers uh, as uh, on on their cast and on their staff, and they have different tricks as to how to approach uh, picking up those tasting notes a little better. Uh, one that I saw was is he kind of kind of dipped just a little bit in his hands, switch around, and then kind of do that. That way you're not overpowering uh, those olfactory senses, mm -hmm. uh, but you are getting just a, a hint of them. Uh, what what other, do you know, uh, what, what other methods would you recommend, or if any, uh, of how to, other, other ways to maybe get those tasting notes out? Well, again, I discussed the more traditional methods earlier, which is make sure you're not putting it on ice. Okay, then you're dulling all the possible notes, okay? Um, somehow make it a little warmer, you'll get more of the notes. Uh, and then adding that dropper of water loosens up the, the esters, the, these molecules that are more tightly bound otherwise while they're in the bottle. And that can bring forth some of the more citrus and fruity notes that otherwise are, are, are lost if you have a tight whiskey, okay? Um, the method that you described is all about you know, hand washing. And if you didn't wash your hands, it's going to taste differently to somebody than somebody who just used throughout, for example. I mean, so there's too many variables to argue that method. Uh, well, how, how much uh, perfume is in the silk you use? Right. Yeah. yeah. And again, it assumes you have a nose, okay? And then we're talking about tasting. So I think you're, you're saying, I want to nose it first and then see how it tastes. And you might want to try doing both at the same time, given the previously, you know, Sunday of every month at uh, the yet uh, 
disclosed uh, whiskey education center, as I like to call it. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, given uh, liquor control board laws, I'm going to tell you it's in Lacey. Okay. And uh, you can look at it, uh, look for our schedule at meetup.com under our local name, Capital Spectrum Whiskey. Okay. And now, can people, uh, to your Facebook page, uh, can people find uh, a link to that meetup page? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for All bringing right. that up. Okay. Uh, so we're going to tag uh, in this event. We will tag uh, the whiskey people uh, in in this post. So look in the show notes down below. Whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on uh, Facebook, wh whichever way you watch this, or if you're on the NerdsGroupWhiskey.com page, uh, look in the show notes and go to the whiskey people and check it out. And uh, you know, and even if you are one of those other whiskey podcasts that nobody should watch, they should only watch this one. Uh, you know, educate yourself and. Uh, Learn more. So, uh, thank you very much for uh, for being part of this. Thanks, Ken. Uh, Ken, uh, thank you very much. Uh, go watch uh, Penny Palabras and uh, Dedrick on Amazon Prime. Thanks for having me. And uh, Gabe, please like, comment, and subscribe for more. You guys, thank you very much for watching. Nerds drink whiskey.